98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, the Productivity Council warns that tough cross-border restrictions are still weighing on small and medium-sized enterprises, with 77% of some 920 businesses surveyed saying they're impacted. E-commerce giant Alibaba says it will apply to upgrade to a primary listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, allowing mainland investors to buy shares directly in the company for the first time. And labour unionists have called on the government to enact legislation that protects workers from heat stroke. The Productivity Council has warned that tough cross-border restrictions are still weighing on small and medium-sized enterprises, with 77% of some 920 businesses it surveyed saying they're impacted by travel curbs. But the council said business sentiment had increased sharply in the third quarter. Its latest index on SME confidence recorded its largest jump ever to 47.1 points, up from 35.7 in the second quarter. Senior economist Kelvin Lau from Standard Chartered, which sponsors the survey, remains cautious of external headwinds such as rampant global inflation in Hong Kong's economic recovery. Going forward, the number one concern for a lot of the Hong Kong SMEs will continue to be the external backdrop, whether we are seeing a slowdown in global growth, global demand. And that puts a lot of the externally oriented industries in a slightly less comfortable sort of a position. And we are forecasting 0.2% growth for Hong Kong for the whole of this year. So that puts us slightly lower than where the government is currently forecasting, which is 1 to 2 percentage points. E-commerce giant Alibaba says it will apply to upgrade to a primary listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. The switch from a secondary listing will allow mainland investors to buy shares directly in the company for the first time. Alibaba listed in New York in 2014 in what was at the time the largest IPO in history and completed a secondary dual listing in Hong Kong in November 2019. Andrew Chorovsky has more. In a statement, Alibaba CEO Daniel Zhang said the company would pursue the dual listing to foster a wider and more diversified investor base. The listing will allow Alibaba to apply for the Stock Connect scheme that permits mainland China investors to buy the company's shares more easily. Mr. Zhang added that Hong Kong is the launchpad for Alibaba's globalization strategy, and we are fully confident in China's economy and future. The application comes as both Washington and Beijing sharpen scrutiny over Chinese companies' listing and follows a tech crackdown in China in which Alibaba has suffered fines and the IPO of its affiliate, Ant, was spiked in late 2020. The company expects the listing to be completed by the end of the year. Labour unionists have called on the government to enact legislation that protects workers from heat stroke, saying they're bearing the brunt of the current heat wave. Ip Wai Ming, the vice chairman of Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions Occupational Safety and Health Association, says simply updating existing heat stroke prevention guidelines is not good enough. We think the instruction is not sufficient to protect our workers. We ask the government must be legislation to protect the workers working under the serious heat. We may be learned from Hong Kong province standard. They regulate the workers. If the weather is 39 degrees, the workers must be stopped working. 
Security officials say the government is prepared to open more isolation facilities as the number of COVID cases continue to rise in the community. Officials say more than 5,000 people were being isolated at Penny's Bay yesterday, putting the facility at nearly 60% of its capacity. The Under Secretary for Security, Michael Chook, spoke to the media after visiting Penny's Bay. The uh, government is very concerned and uh, is closely monitoring the uh, pandemic situation. And we are also reviewing our uh, community isolation facilities. And as you are aware, there are other facilities are now at a standby mode. We are making sure those uh, facilities are well prepared and ready for, the, uh, for use. At the moment, we have around 3,000 rooms in another community facility that is ready for use. The Chief Staff Officer of the Civil Aid Service, Lung Kwon Hong, says it's constantly evaluating whether it needs to recruit more people to manage isolation facilities. We will doing a continuous assessment on all our requirements or our service. So when we need this kind of man additional manpower, we will uh, recruiting more and more uh, our staff to join in to help us uh, to serve our VIPs. So that is a continuous assessment on that part. A representative of the taxi trade says more publicity may be needed for a new service which allows designated drivers to take travellers from the airport to quarantine hotels. The chairman of the Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association, Chow Kwok Kung, told an RTHK programme that each driver made an average of two to three trips on the first day of the service yesterday, but that this was not enough to cover their operating costs. In fact, if each driver made two trips on average, it was enough. As we know, they have to pay rent for their vehicle as well as fuel. If each driver works a 12-hour shift, the hourly rate is only around $100. So we hope that as the media tell more people about it, perhaps the service will become more popular over time, and hopefully drivers' income could go up. Researchers in Britain say coronavirus lockdowns may have indirectly triggered a surge in cases of hepatitis in young children around the world earlier this year. The studies, which have yet to be peer-reviewed, link the illnesses to viruses to which children weren't exposed during COVID restrictions. Professor Judy Brewer was one of the investigators. During the lockdown period when children were not mixing, they were not transmitting viruses to each other, they were not building up immunity to the common infections they would normally encounter, when the restrictions were lifted, children began to mix, viruses began to circulate freely, and they suddenly were exposed with this lack of prior immunity to a whole battery of new infections. More than a thousand children are thought to have been affected. Australian politicians have gathered in the capital, Canberra, as Parliament reopens for the first time since the national elections in May. Anthony Albanese, in the chamber for the first time as Prime Minister, said it was a momentous day. His Labour Party, back in office after nine years in opposition, wants to introduce nearly 20 pieces of legislation in the first week. The BBC's Simon Atkinson reports. Since Labour's election triumph, Anthony Albanese has been touring the world, aiming to patch up relations in the Pacific and restore ties with France. Now his MPs have descended on the capital, Canberra, and despite forming the majority government, Labour says it'll still work closely with minor parties, especially independent and green MPs, whose wins helped rout the former coalition. 
The first pieces of planned legislation include a new climate change bill that sets a higher carbon emissions reduction target for 2030. President Zelensky of Ukraine says he's confident that the export of grain from the country's Black Sea ports will resume this week, easing the global food crisis. Government officials say the first port to open will be the Chorna Morsk south of Edessa, following last week's deal signed by Moscow and brokered by the United Nations and Turkey. But after a Russian attack on the port area of Edessa on Saturday, some opposition politicians in Kyiv have expressed scepticism. Kiera Ruddick is the leader of the Golas party. You cannot make deals with Russia. They will always break their word, they will always lie, and they will always screw you up. And what we have seen was kind of hashtag we told you so, because like a day after the deal was signed, they bombarded Odessa ports. And what we have seen from the other parties who signed the deal, from the United Nations and Turkey, they said, oh, we condemn these actions. The Archbishop of Canterbury has withdrawn a motion asking Anglican bishops around the world to oppose same-sex marriage. Justin Welby was responding to strong criticism from some of the 650 bishops who are gathering for a conference in Canterbury for the first time in 14 years. The BBC's Harry Farley has the details. There has been growing anger about a motion asking Anglican bishops from around the world to reaffirm the church's traditional teaching that same-gender marriage is not permissible. Anglican churches in several countries, including Scotland, the US and Canada, now support gay marriage, and dozens of progressive bishops have voiced their concern, including the Bishop of Los Angeles, who described the motion as the opposite of the Christian values of healing and reconciliation. Last night, a statement from the Lambeth Conference, which is led by the Archbishop of Canterbury, said the motion would be revised. David Trimble, the former First Minister of Northern Ireland and Ulster Unionist Party leader, has died aged 77. He was instrumental in the negotiation of the Good Friday Agreement, the peace deal which ended the worst of Northern Ireland's troubles. The BBC's Chris Page assesses his legacy. During David Trimble's early career, he had a reputation as a political hardliner, but he led unionists into an unprecedented compromise. The Good Friday Agreement put in place a power-sharing coalition which included the representatives of the IRA. Mr Trimble was jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize with the moderate nationalist leader John Hume. The Ulster Unionist Party was the biggest in the new devolved government, meaning David Trimble became First Minister. But he began to lose electoral ground to the Democratic Unionist Party, who claimed he conceded too much to Irish Republicans. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28.50. That's 287 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 136.54 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 2 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. To sport and in football, the hosts of the Women's Copa America, Colombia, have been have beaten Argentina 1-0 to qualify for the final of the competition. In addition to facing either Brazil or Paraguay in the final, the win also means Colombia qualify for next year's Women's World Cup and the 2024 Olympic Games. England are preparing for tonight's highly anticipated match against Sweden in the Women's Euros. This will be England's fourth semi-final in the last four major tournaments, but on the three previous occasions they've failed to make it further than that. Striker Fran Kirby is hoping her side can break through this time. 
Yeah, I think obviously it is in the back of the mind of a few of the girls who have been there and been in the four semi-finals now. But for us, it's about the present and it's about what we can do to make sure that we're not in that position again. And I think no one's really spoken about it in the camp in terms of the ones who have been through that situation. It's difficult for me because obviously I was a part of all of them. Um, but I mean, I think for us now, we're just focusing on the next next game and focusing on Sweden. Sweden's Magdalena Eriksson says her team are ready to take on the hosts. I've been really impressed with England so far in this tournament. I think this game will definitely be our toughest game so far. It's the best team that we're going to face. But we are so ready for this. This is our dreams. All of our dreams are added up. And, and uh, this game is, is what we've been dreaming for. And, and reaching the next stage, we're going to do everything we possibly can. Of the last 26 meetings between the sides, England have won just three of those games against Sweden and were beaten 15 times. Pitch invaders at England's Premier League matches are to receive automatic club bans under new measures to tackle fan behaviour. The BBC's Adam Sanyo has details. Concerns were raised about safety at grounds after a number of pitch invasions at the end of last season. For example, Aston Villa goalkeeper Robin Olsen was assaulted at Manchester City on the final day of the season, while a Nottingham Forest fan was jailed for headbutting Sheffield United captain Billy Sharp at the end of their playoff match. Meanwhile, individuals who carry or use pyrotechnics or smoke bombs will also be banned and identified offenders will be reported to the police. The Football Association will also implement tougher sanctions for clubs. It's already an offence for fans to enter the pitch without lawful authority or lawful excuse under the Football Offences Act of 1991, but offenders have not always been prosecuted. However, after today's decision, prosecuting offenders will now be the default response under the new measures. A Mickey Mantle baseball card could break records when it goes up for auction next month. The collector's item for, from 1952 features the celebrated New York Yankees legend and is widely regarded as one of just a handful in near-perfect condition. It's estimated the final cost of the card could exceed US$10 million US dollars when the auction ends in late August. Last year, a 1909 Honus Wagner card was sold for a record £6.6 million months after another 70-year-old Mantle card fetched £5.2 million. And the weather, sunny and very hot today, light to moderate southwesterly winds. The outlook, persistently very hot and sunny for the rest of this week and into early next week. Temperatures tomorrow may reach 35 degrees or above in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. The current temperature is 33 degrees Celsius with humidity of 59%. And the top stories once again. The Productivity Council warns that tough cross-border restrictions are still weighing on small and medium-sized enterprises with 77% of some 920 businesses surveyed saying they're impacted. E-commerce giant Alibaba says it will apply to upgrade to a primary listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange allowing mainland investors to buy shares directly in the company for the first time and labour unionists have called on the government to enact legislation that protects workers from heat stroke. The news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday the 26th of July is today's date. Did you all have a good Monday? Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. Also, cheers.